Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Lydia Fonseca. Lydia is the Chief Digital and Technology Officer of Pfizer, a pharmaceutical and biotechnology corporation that earns in excess of $80 billion in annual revenue. In her role, Lydia is responsible for enterprise-wide digital, data, and technology strategy, as well as solutions to deliver breakthroughs that change patients' lives. She also leads learning and development and business process excellence for the company. Prior to joining Pfizer in 2019, she spent roughly a decade as a chief information officer, first at LabCorp and then at Quest Diagnostics. She's also a member of the board of directors of Medtronic, Tegna, and the U.S.-Japan Business Council. Lydia has won numerous awards, including a remarkable combination of being named to the Forbes CIO Next List, as well as the Forbes CEO Next List. The latter highlights the next generation of contenders to lead America's largest companies. Her journey is a remarkable one, and I look forward to hearing more about the latest steps in that journey. Lydia, welcome back to Technovation. It's always great to speak with you. Great to be here, Peter. Wonderful. But first, a quick word from our partner, Adyen, and the company's chief operating officer, Cameron Zaki. Adyen is a payment platform company that allows businesses to accept e-commerce, mobile, and point-of-sale payments. And Cameron wanted to provide a short overview of what Adyen has to offer. Cameron, over to you. Thanks, Peter. It's one global platform on which you can do many continents and countries, all the relevant payment methods, which vary significantly across different parts of the world to online and physical world or mobile. And we've continued to expand from there. If you go to a dinner party and people ask you what you do and you say this, they're like, that sounds like common sense. Why is it unique? The reality is that a lot of the players who've been around for decades have grown on mainframe computing, releasing once or twice a year, buying other companies, and then they give you one API. But behind the scenes, it's a bit of a spaghetti mess, unfortunately. What Adyen did and what we do is sort of really do the backend plumbing that is a little less sexy at times, but really makes the difference in being able to say, hey, it was Peter. Do you know that he you know, shops online and on mobile and in your store and you can recognize him and you can connect all the dots and it's not just enabling the payment but it's hey how do you factor that into loyalty and marketing and all kinds of other use cases thanks cameron and now on to the interview well um gosh lydia uh, speaking of an innovative company uh, there are a few that have been known for it as much as the great breakthroughs uh, um and, and the justifiable innovative re reputation of your organization over the past several years uh, among its storied history of course but especially uh as a result of all that's transpired in the wake of the the, the covid pandemic and as a result um the organization has really uh had a remarkable pace to the innovation that it has um, sustained for that period. And I wonder if you could take a moment to talk a bit about that, increasing the pace of innovation and the, the digital and technology implications of that, how you and your team helped facilitate that along the way. Yes, uh, through our COVID efforts, we set a new standard for innovating with speed. Uh, let me take you back for a bit to give you some context. In 2019, we began our transition to being a more science-driven and patient-focused company, and also embarked on a digital transformation journey here at Pfizer. We modernized our IT foundation, upgrading our network. We increased our data storage capacity fourfold to 70 petabytes, and started our rapid transition to the cloud from 25% in 2019 to 80% uh, today. We introduced agile ways of working across the company, helping us to work faster and smarter. Thus, in early 2020, when COVID-19 struck, 
we were well positioned to respond quickly and drive innovation to bring the vaccine and the Paxlovid oral treatment to the world in record time. We codenamed our COVID efforts Lightspeed, focused on the agile principles that we had introduced. These Lightspeed principles included maintaining a hyper-focus on the customer, whether that is a patient, their healthcare provider, health systems regulators, or even our own colleagues, driving horizontal thinking. Uh, and that really is about aligning ourselves to what the patient is experiencing, focusing on a few critical common goals with minimal bureaucracy, fostering a strong emphasis on outcomes as opposed to activity, and also empowering our teams to work in parallel rather than sequentially to drive speed. And uh, very importantly, you know, one of our values is courage. To have the courage to think big, be creative, and work differently. And this was particularly critical as we needed thousands of people to believe that we could do the impossible. And I'm proud to say that we did. Lightspeed allowed us to focus and supercharge digital innovation to develop a safe and effective vaccine in record time, but without cutting any safety or regulatory corners. And that is, um, just wanted to give you a lot of the drivers, particularly cultural drivers, that really uh, you know, supercharged our ability to innovate and, and harness digital to drive that innovation at speed, but also at scale. Really, very interesting. I appreciate that overview, Lydia. It certainly paints a remarkable picture of that pace of change. And talk a bit more about the role your team played uh, in this, the role, and more generally speaking, that uh, digital and technology played in facilitating what you just described. At Pfizer, we're harnessing the power of digital to innovate across every aspect of our business, from how we discover and develop medicines, to manufacturing, to commercialization, and how we engage with patients and customers. There's no better example of this end-to-end -end innovation than our COVID efforts. So let me share a few examples, starting with scientific discovery. Supercomputing capabilities, coupled with AI and machine learning models, helped our scientists accelerate compounds through discovery to development. Specifically, to fast-track Paxlovid, we leverage virtual in silico screening, which refers to sophisticated computational modeling and simulation techniques that test molecular compounds in a virtual lab environment rather than having to test them all in a physical wet lab setting, which would take much longer. This capability quickly narrowed down to only those compounds with the highest chance of becoming the medicine we needed because we could run very complex calculations, reducing computational times by 80 to 90%. So you can imagine the impact of that. In drug development, we use real-time predictive models to project COVID prevalence at an individual county level, identifying where the next big wave of infection would hit based on the dynamic movement of the virus. This helped our development team optimize clinical trial site selection based on where we anticipated recruitment being strongest. And you can imagine that was really significant because we wanted to run the trial as efficiently as we could, but making sure that we collected the data that we needed because that's what we're gonna be submitting to the FDA. We were also able to refresh the trial data every four hours. This meant we could get the latest data to our clinicians and scientists with greater speed and frequency than before COVID. 
when it would take a few weeks after each participant visit to aggregate the data. Moving from weeks to hours is a major paradigm shift, as you can imagine, and accelerated the vaccine clinical trial. Over in manufacturing, our intelligence platform leveraged data and analytics to reduce the cycle time by 67% for a critical step of the Paxlovid process. To just give you some perspective, prior to COVID, Pfizer produced 220 million vaccine doses for our entire portfolio as compared to 3 billion doses of community in 2021. So that scale up was certainly possible because we leveraged digital capabilities um, across our entire manufacturing and supply chain process. And we leveraged digital to ensure that we could continue calling on customers. In 2019, we had introduced capabilities enabling sales reps to call on customers via video and audio virtual meetings from their iPad, similar to the conversation that you and I are having right now. 900 sales reps used this capability in 2019, but quickly grew to over 18,000 in mid-2020 at the height of the pandemic. This ensured our sales reps could continue to call on customers at a time when they could not go to hospitals or physician offices to have you know, conversations with our customers. Lightspeed now represents our new way of working, and we're applying this approach to other critical efforts. And I do not see us going back, Peter. <laughs> I, I can understand why you would not want to, as, as uh, remarkable as this is. I, I talk a bit about, if you would, Lydia, um, differentiating factors for Pfizer. You talked about certainly some of the cultural elements before, and that certainly has to be a part of the secret sauce of what you've accomplished and the remarkable pace of change that you've just described uh, uh, throughout this conversation so far. But I, I'd love to have you kind of provide a bit more uh, uh, background and context for some of those differentiating factors, please. I would say a key differentiator that sets us apart in our industry is that we're applying digital holistically across the entire value chain. And we're doing it quickly and at scale while others are taking more of a use case approach in isolated parts of the business. Our end-to-end -end platform thinking and approach is helping to drive this speed and scale. So for example, in R&D, we're creating an interconnected digital ecosystem to supercharge research, product validation, and accelerate clinical trials. In manufacturing and supply, pairing operational excellence with leading edge digital capabilities and standard platforms has enabled us to scale and drive tangible results. Similarly, with our go-to-market model, our global platforms are allowing us to quickly scale across BUs and markets for maximum impact. And innovating on a common platform has resulted in bringing just, for example, new features every month as opposed to every year. And in our case of our go-to-market model, we, we actually standardize on a standard platform for all of our customers compared to, we used to have 66 different platforms, Peter, for connecting with physicians before. And so it's that combination of platform thinking and then layering in powerful analytics, but then also um, doing it across all of our units. So let me do a little bit of a double click in manufacturing and supply. So there we're partnering with our manufacturing team to take what we call a digital first approach. Let me share a few examples there. The Digital Operations Center, it's an innovative patent pending capability 
that provides a shared view of end-to-end -end manufacturing and supply, operational performance and data. This allows us to predict issues and adjust in real time, yielding a 20% throughput increase thus far. We have also realized 85% improvement in on-time release of products through our batch tracker solution that proactively identifies any bottlenecks or areas of higher risk. Also on our manufacturing intelligence platform is a new cap capability, mRNA yield prediction, which uses machine learning to enable our sites to drill into patterns that are impacting yield, accelerate root cause analysis, and support continuous yield monitoring and improvement. The target improvement so far equates to 20,000 extra doses per batch. Pretty impactful, as you can imagine. And these and other capabilities are helping us lead the industry with automation, but very importantly, also standardization and predictive analytics. As you can see, we're truly enhancing every aspect of our business. In fact, um, what I would tell you is we like to say that rather than creating a digital strategy for our business, we're creating a business strategy for a digital world. And that's the foundation on which we're making digital a competitive advantage advisor, Peter. I really like that, the business strategy for the digital world. Uh, a great overview again, uh, Lydia, thank you for that. I, I know in a recent conversation uh, that we had, you you enlightened me about some of the plans you have, uh, uh, in, or in fact, uh, have enacted, I should say, in building a digital innovation center in Greece. And I wonder if you could take a moment and talk about that. Um, you know, the the, all that you've described, the complexity of it does require, you know, bringing the world to, to, uh, um, to, to draw that innovation in. And, and I wonder if you can talk a bit about uh, your talent strategy and the global team that you're, you're creating. And Peter, you and I have known each other for years. And as you know, I'm passionate about finding top digital talent across the globe to bring into our organization as well as growing and developing the great talent that we have already here at Pfizer. As you mentioned, we opened our Center for Digital Innovation in Thessaloniki, Greece, where there's a strong research and development ecosystem, including renowned institutes, university research groups, and an impressive growth of entrepreneurial ventures focused on digital data and technology. And the Greek government is very supportive of digital health and, and leveraging digital and technology to really elevate experiences and enhance health outcomes. Greece also has excellent STEM talent. We have close to 450 highly talented colleagues with cutting edge skills, including AI, machine learning, data science, software engineering and cloud, just to name a few. And in fact, we're creating a new leading edge quantum computing center of excellence in Greece, and we've hired experts in this up and coming field. You know, what's interesting is that 75% of the colleagues have a master's degree or higher, and they are contributing to our most critical projects as part of our global teams. Another great way we attract new talent to the company is through our two year rotational program for recent college graduates. This program exposes entry level colleagues to different aspects of digital through four six month rotations in a wide variety of disciplines, from software engineering to analytics, to digital marketing, to cybersecurity, customer experience, and so on. And we make this two year investment in them because it allows them to grow a variety of skills and knowledge so they can find where their passion lies. 
I also regularly hold talent review sessions with my leadership team to identify strong, diverse talent and provide them with out-of-the-box opportunities to move to new roles or take on new challenging assignments and develop new skills. We at Pfizer encourage colleagues to take a zigzag approach, finding interesting horizontal moves to gain a variety of experiences and expand their network. We find that this approach creates well-rounded, creative leaders. But most importantly, we find that our purpose, breakthroughs that change patients' lives, is a great inspiration for people to both join Pfizer and stay with Pfizer. Much of our success attracting and retaining top talent from our CDI in Greece to our, our rotational associate program to a lot of our other efforts um, really uh, has been you know, because we're science-driven and patient-focused. People want to be part of a company that has invested in novel science and technology, delivered life-saving, you know, and life-changing vaccines and medicines in record time to the world when we all needed it the most, and has touched over 1.4 billion patients around the world in 2021. That is one out of every six humans on the planet. So as always, everything letters back to our purpose. We definitely leverage our purpose to attract great, great talent. And so that's, um, Peter, part of how we think about talent because it is you know, definitely a key enabler for us. Yeah, what a great, great overview. I really appreciate uh, the thoughtful nature in which you've thought about uh, the two-year rotational programs and giving exposing people to a broad swath of all that you do uh, among the variety of reasons why people can really see themselves with the organization for the long term. Um, I wonder, uh, especially in, in an organization, uh, we're, we're talking about this digital innovation center, uh, and as you contemplate innovations for the future, I, I wonder if there are certain trends that excite you um, the most as you as you think uh, about the years ahead. What are some things that come to mind? Looking ahead, now you're asking me to look at the crystal ball. Uh, <laughs> but looking ahead, you know, I am very optimistic about the future of science and of global health. In the next decade, um, we expect a scientific renaissance driven by unprecedented advancements in biology and technology that will come together to produce solutions of great scale. As we continue to build upon our innovation ecosystem, we expect a dramatic impact on human health and disease, where we can hopefully not only treat, but cure many incurable conditions, transform others into manageable chronic diseases, and be prepared for the next pandemic. Transformation of the health, healthcare industry will continue to accelerate exponentially, particularly at the intersection of healthcare and digital. So with that, you know, as, as a backdrop, in the next five to 10 years, I expect that future generations of patients and customers will expect end-to-end -end personalized real-time digital health experiences directly from mobile devices and the, la the latest wearable technology. My point of view is that pharma, as well as other key players in healthcare, will need to work together to provide that experience. In discovery, there will be a substantial number of AI-discovered molecules, indication-centering clinical trials, and the growing application of quantum computing will drive speed in discovery and development that we cannot imagine today. The landscape of AI companies will continue to proliferate with new AI players that specialize in various areas, including data generation, data aggregation, advanced analytics, 
and AI value generators that create algorithms. I do expect to see more algorithms in the mix. These new companies and business models will continue to disrupt the industry and drive innovation. Over in development, we will see accelerated use of digital technologies in clinical trials and optimization of trial protocol design using advanced predictive analytics. A substantial number of trials I anticipate will be run in a decentralized way to maximize access and convenience for patients. Just to give you an example of Pfizer, less than 10% of our trials were decentralized in 2018. Nowadays, it's 54%. So that just gives you a sense of where we're headed. I would even say in clinical trials, we're going to start to see trials that we can run with a synthetic arm, not even needing patients in some cases. So very data-driven, but also um, you know, really leveraging what we have learned and the real-world evidence that we have accumulated over the years. In the commercial and medical space, digital medicines and digital health will become more of the norm, supplementing traditional treatment methods and applying therapies to create even greater value for patients, all of which improve the patient experience and drive patient adherence to treatment for better health outcomes. But to take our industry to the next level, we will need to take a more nimble, entrepreneurial, agile approach to breakthrough innovations that are personalized to patients and bring them to market with greater speed. We now have the momentum to drive greater innovations at greater speed and at scale. And I'm excited for what the future holds. Oh, that's another great overview. Thank you for that description. Lydia, you're somebody I've admired for a, a, a long time now. For the past 14 or so years, you've been a, a digital and tech chief uh, for about a decade between LabCorp and Quest Diagnostics, uh, Quest Diagnostics as a chief information officer. Now for nearly four years as chief digital and technology officer at Pfizer, you've been on the, the board of directors of multiple publicly traded organizations as well. Um, you've, you've reached such remarkable heights. And I wonder, you know, as you reflect on your own career, what have been some of the secrets or difference makers along the way that have contributed to your success? I've learned a great, you know, a great deal from a variety of experiences in multiple companies across different industries, both as an executive and as a board member. To keep it simple, I'll distill it down to a few main pieces of advice um, and learnings. First of all, whatever path one decides to take, we should try and think outside of the box. That's really important. Study what other industries are doing. It provides a fresh ideas that may not be apparent in your business. For example, serving on a board of a media and marketing services company with a very consumer-oriented lens, Tegna, right, has helped me to bring a unique perspective to healthcare helping us think about how to engage with consumers and patients in a more direct way. Making unexpected horizontal moves rather than always going for the next rung on the ladder can differentiate you from your peers because you'll gain a broad skill set and variety of experiences, not to mention expanding your network. Zigzag moves can, can lead to very adaptable leaders. Second, you know, don't be afraid to take risks, especially early on in your career. I believe we have to reframe failure as learning and experience, something that helps us come out stronger and smarter. I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't taken chances and make mistakes along the way. 
not only did I learn a huge amount from those experiences, but they made me a more compassionate person and a stronger leader. You know, think about it, Peter, when you are an executive, you can't be afraid to make the big decisions or place the big bets. So I look at it as it's much better to have gotten a lot of practice along the way. Third, let people get to know you personally and build your personal brand and network. Professional success often comes down to building trust and bringing people along with you. You can only do that if you have prioritized building relationships and shown up for others the same way you want them to show up for you. So don't feel that you have to be one person at work and one person at home. Bring your whole self to work. And finally, I do advocate for a healthy work-life balance. One strategy I rely on is focus time. In the middle of the day, I block time with no meetings allowed uh, for myself to strategize and think about what's next, connect with others as needed, or even just recharge and go for a walk. This has been a game changer for me. I feel more balanced, I'm more productive, proactive, and more available for my various teams. Those are just a few nuggets that have helped me grow as a leader, Peter, over the years. Well, thank you for sharing those. Very, very well put and very, very succinct. I really uh, uh, fascinating to hear about the some of those secrets to your success, Lydia. Well, Lydia Fonseca, thank you so much for a stimulating conversation. Uh, thank you for the the great innovation that you and your team helped foster as one of those uh, 1.4 billion who've been impacted by the great work of your of your team. And uh, thank you so much for a great conversation synthesizing a, a lot of the complex things that you and your, your team are doing uh, to help the world. It's been, it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Peter. As always, it's great to catch up with you. And thank you also for all that you do in your, both with your organization, but also with the networks um, and really elevating and, and shedding light on the role that technology executives, whether digital or CIOs or CDOs or CTOs, I think you have done a phenomenal job of highlighting how in the roles that we play, right, and the vantage point that we have, mm -hmm. I think you have been great at encouraging us to actually, you know, really bring innovation and ideas and that horizontal thinking uh, to companies. And I, I definitely appreciate that over the years. Thanks. Oh, your, your kind words mean an awful lot to me, Lydia. Thank you so much.